Hello, and welcome to Talking Dad UK, the podcast where we discuss all things dad. You can follow the podcast at Talking Dad UK One on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Talking Dad UK on YouTube. Talking Dad UK at gmail.com. If you want to contact the podcast, interested in becoming a guest, got any stories to share with us, or some feedback, you can support the podcast at Talking Dad UK at Kofi.com where you'll see some short blog posts that are only available on the Kofi page. Um, you can support the podcast, some small donations, one-off donations. It'll be much appreciated in helping improve the podcast in the future. All the links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Yes, back once again for another solo episode. No, not the Renegade Master. Sorry. So, hello, how are you doing? Back for another solo episode. Just sat with a water and a pineapple juice this time round. Um, <laughs> if you follow me on social media, you'll notice today I put one or two little posts up about that first day of, of starting to be healthy again or starting your diet again, let's say, um, day one all over again. How many times do we have to start back at day one? Um, it's been a mixed day. It's not been the best. I haven't been uh, the best uh, behaved in terms of the diet, but it's difficult when the kid's in the house because you have biscuits or chocolates or crisps or whatever floating around the house or in the fridge you might have kids' snacks and it's hard every now and again when you pop in the fridge to get the milk to make a cup of tea or something not to... Uh, just grab one of the little treats that he's got in the cupboard there while he's at school. He doesn't know about it. Um, but we've we've made a start this week. Uh, me and my wife back on trying to have sort of healthier meals, cut out the snacks, cut down on uh, the naughty foods, and uh, obviously try and cut down on the alcohol and the beer. Uh, we'll see how that goes for the rest of the week. Might be afforded to relax a little bit of the weekend. Got to enjoy it a little bit where you can, aren't you? Or maybe I could just drink a little bit more whiskey. Um, <laughs> less calories. Um, less bloated. But it's more expensive. Uh, so, what's been happening recently? I've been struggling to find somewhere to go on holiday. I know I possibly left it slightly too short notice or close to the time, but we weren't overly keen on actually trying to book anywhere in all honesty because we didn't know exactly when lockdowns would end and, and when places would be open again for us to do that so we sort of waited um, at the same time as we've got all the house stuff still niggling away needing to be finished off so um, we weren't able to put loads of money away you know, as soon as places opened, we could just then call on the savings and, and book anywhere that was available. So I've been trying to find something not too far away. Obviously, we've got the baby, so we don't want to travel too far away. The kids in the car for a long time, bit of a nightmare. So somewhere not too far away, not too pricey. I was possibly looking at if I could find somewhere with a hot tub. That's what I was looking for, because I thought when the kids and the wife goes bed, I can pour myself a drink and sit in the hot tub for an hour or so and then and then go and get in bed but um it's proved very difficult to find somewhere uh, very expensive so i think i was looking at maybe two or three days three at the max i think we said because we were going to do it over a weekend and 
minimum sort of price of around £800 starting. So it just seems far too much and a bit ridiculous for us. So I don't think it's going to happen. And then we were talking about, you know, it's is it a toss-up between going on holiday and spending that kind of money or staying at home, hiring a skip and doing a few more jobs over a weekend? So that one's looking favourite, to be honest. Just going to price up some skips this week and possibly I'll be sorting through the garage, the garden, the house and whatever else rubbish we can find to uh, to fill a skip this weekend or next, I would imagine. I'm on the lookout for a new car again. <laughs> the car saga has been a bit of a nightmare. I can have a little bit of a moan to you. So 2019, someone ran up our arse end and, and but we had a bit of a bump. Uh, went through insurance. Insurance quoted it as to uneconomical to repair and, and it was a write-off the car. So that set us back a little bit. Um, obviously that's all dealt with and finished with now and settled up, but obviously it wasn't a brand new car. It wasn't a big expensive thing and the money I got back for it wasn't amazing, let's say. So we've been bargain hunting and that is difficult to find a decent enough car for that kind of budget. So I found one. I had to travel over to Stockport to review this car. Um, it was a Seat Altia XL. It was a fairly decent thing, two litre diesel. Um, it was fairly big. It, it was everything we needed, really. Um, managed to knock him a couple of hundred quid off. And uh, I thought, you know what? That's not too bad. We've waited long enough. We've been running around in a little, in a small thing that I think I had a Nissan Note for a little bit. And uh, it just wasn't big enough with having the baby and two car seats and, and prams and all that kind of thing. So it was around the time I was on paternity leave and I just thought, do you know what? Baby's here now. And a sort of realisation that whenever we try and go anywhere now, we've got two car seats, we've got the pram, if we've got to do under a food shop together, we've got to then fit all the bags of shopping in and it was it just wasn't gonna work. So a bit of an impulse type of thing. I went out, I was looking on online and I thought, while well, I'm off on paternity, I can nip out the odd day or two and, and have a look at a couple of cars and, and see what happens. Anyway, I found this car. Ended up buying it, brought it home. I think we had it for three days over a bank holiday weekend and there was something wrong with the turbo on it. It'd just it get up to sort of between 50 and 70 on the bypass or the motorway and get it into sort of fifth gear and put your foot down a bit if you were trying to overtake and the turbo would just stop and there'd have no power whatsoever. So I managed to send it back into the dealer um, he said he was going to get it looked at and get it sorted out for me. He ended up having it for 14 days. And then I was back to work by the time that he was ready. So he had to come and sort of drop it off with me at home rather than me go back up there again, which would have been, I think, the fourth time. So he brought it back. I was expecting, you know, it's all done. Problem solved. Offered to give him a lift back up to the train station so he could get back and um, I thought, well, while he's in the car, I'll just go up the bypass on the way to the train station and just test it out and see if it does it again. And there we go. It uh, happened again while he was sat there. So I did it a few times, went up to the roundabout, come back, tried it again. And then obviously spoke to him and said, 
well, this is what's been happening. And now you've had it for 14 days. It's still happening. What, what's going on? Um, so he was a bit gutted. You can tell on his face that he was he was absolutely gutted. So um, anyway, I told him he could he can have it back, and I'll just have a refund, and, and he can drive it back home there and then, and I'll just we'll forget about it. <laughs> Give me money back, and we'll forget about it. Job done. Um, so that's what I did. And I've been looking around a little bit at other cars, and it's just been pretty difficult to find something fairly reliable and decent in that kind of price range that we're looking for. So we went out um, just the, over the weekend, just gone, and we're having a look at a couple of cars that I'd spotted. Um, I was looking at estate cars. Um, I just thought that big boot space would be kind of ideal for a pram and everything and big enough in the back for the kids. Went over to the Ford garage to have a look at an estate car that was there. There was a Seat on there. Had a little look around it. The had a look inside. The interior was a little bit, a little bit grubby. Seats were a bit stained. It just wasn't quite ticking the boxes, and it was an automatic as well, which was a bit unsure about. Um, and then I just spotted a Ford Cougar across the way, which uh, wasn't too overly priced compared to some of the others on there. And we'd been a couple of days before, just me and my wife, and we didn't see it. So we said, well, let's have a little look at that one then. It looked nice. It had just been cleaned and everything, you know, as they are. And uh, we had a look around it and really nice. Um, ticked all the boxes, really. Um, so touch wood, nothing major goes wrong. Um, that'll be the new car that we collect uh, later on this week, hopefully. Uh, I think um, me and my wife have always said, sort of, my, sort of, my wife doesn't drive, it's just me, but... My sort of dream car is a like a Ford Ranger pickup truck type thing. It's always just been a little bit too the bit too expensive, and you know I'm not I'm not like a tradesman or anything, so I just thought it might just be a little bit not practical. Uh, although it's plenty big enough, loads of room in the back. Could always get a cage in there for the dogs and throw the dogs on the back got the double cab for the kids to be in the back and they're all you know high driving position nice and comfy um it'd be ideal car really uh and for the diy jobs at the weekend going down b&q i could fill the back up with all sorts of crap but obviously it's just more expensive quite high running costs i think as well so i just don't think it would have worked out but um anyway we spotted this ford cougar and it's kind of like a bit of a as close as we could get type of thing really it's it's not a four by four it's a two-wheel drive but you know it's a suv isn't it so it's plenty big enough feels like a big high riding type car um so nice and comfy so hopefully that works itself out and then we're actually sat in the showroom at the at the ford garage and my son was in there there's we're talking to the sales guy doing all the computer stuff and there's a, another desk sort of behind us and a guy talking to some customers there. And as his guy comes out from around his desk and he asks, you know, he's showing the other customers where the drinks machine is. And he says, just go and help yourself type of thing. Because as he was walking past, he goes, do you want a drink? And my son just turns around and goes, yeah, I do. And obviously people started laughing and stuff. So he could then uh, my wife took him over to get a drink, so he comes back and he sat there 
he had my phone on, he had some Netflix on just to keep him quiet for a little bit while we were talking through all the boring stuff. And obviously he got fed up with that at one point. So he's, he's sat there with his legs crossed and uh, he's got my phone on his knee, on his lap. Um, he's got this little disposable cup with his drink in and he's sat there saying this is coffee and trying to, just trying to be funny. And then uh, as we're talking to the guy, he's just sitting there going, yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you. And then he's sipping on his drink and then he's looking at him as if he's in a real conversation. I was just sat there giggling to ourselves about him. Um, he's been a bit full on over the weekend. I think he's, uh, for some reason, he's the one that gets up earlier, even though we've got the baby. He uh, he wants to get up five, six o'clock and that, that's it. He thinks he can get up then and we're just like, no, we're just rolling over and... Uh, if the baby's still asleep, we'll try and still sleep. But um, yeah, it's been a full-on weekend. Um, while we're on the subject of uh, of cars and uh, and moaning, I can have a little moan about this bloody insurance company. So obviously with that first car that I bought that was no good and sent it back, I, I insured it, but only for 18 days in the end. And for, 14 of them were pretty much taken up with uh, being back in the dealership for repair. So I, I rung them, spoke to them, tried to see if I could either pause it or cancel it because I was hoping to get a replacement car within about four weeks, I think I said. So they turned around and said, well, we can't pause it because you can't pay insurance on a car that you you haven't got possession of, you don't own. So, okay, fair enough, I'll have to cancel then. And then I'll get a new quote once I get a new car in a couple of weeks' time. What a pain in the arse, but whatever. And then they try and charge me. Or they try and tell me that I still owe them. Now, if there's anyone out there that knows anything about car insurance and how it works, send me a message and try and explain it to me, because I couldn't get my head around it. So I had this car for 18 days in total. I changed that car as the new car from my previous car. I'd already paid for the previous car monthly and then I've paid two months on what would have been the new car. But I only had it for 18 days, so I've actually, in my sort of, my own head, I've paid an extra month and I haven't had the car. But they're trying to tell me that I still owe. And they were, so, they were talking about I've got to carry on paying up until... I think they said end of August or at the beginning of September. So an extra, what, three months worth of payments and I haven't even got the car. So I'd, anyway, they were getting on my nerves and I'd been on the phone for a, a long time and I just couldn't be doing with them basically. But um, I'm trying to scramble around now finding all the bloody evidence you need to say, well, actually, these are the emails for the guy that has sent the car back and all that bullshit. It's just a pain in the ass. But... That's another thing hopefully will get sorted out by the end of the week. They're just a pain in the arse really, insurance companies, aren't they? So I've got um, one of my own little stories that happened recently in the past couple of weeks. And it reminded me of something that happened a few years ago. I was taking my son to school on the school run. Now, because of COVID and everything, we have to use a different entrance than you would normally use um, for the younger classes. So... There's quite a tight road leading up to it, and then you have to try and find sort of road up on the road parking 
so that you can run through the alleyway into the school grounds. Um, we do it every day, most days. Um, don't, we don't get up early enough uh, to walk or I've got to be at work for nine o'clock, so it's sometimes a bit tight. Uh, so I'm taking him there. He's in the back. We pull up and we... Bit of, well, slightly my fault because it was a bit near a turning, but it's a fairly quiet road and it's a school, it's a school run, and that road always gets busy for parking wise. So I pulled a little bit up onto the curb. There was still plenty of room to get past. I was pulling my mirrors in, and as I went around to do the other side of the mirrors, I said to my son, "Get your book bag out and your coat and your drink." As I put the mirror in, I was expecting him to be stood there on the pavement with all of his stuff ready to go. He got out of the car with none of that. He just stood there <laughs> as himself with nothing. So I was like, all right, quick, let's grab them. So as I'm going to go to the back door to grab them, there's um, a woman coming down the street with a dog walking her dog. And uh, I thought, <laughs> like, I misjudged the distance. So I thought, ah, I can, I'll just jump in and grab them. And by the time I've grabbed them and shut the door, she'll be just coming up to walk past. But as I was getting to the door, she was getting a bit too close to the thought. So I, I thought, well, I'll push the door in instead and, and stand against the car and tell my son to sort of move over so she can just walk past. So that's what I did. And I thought, oh, she'll just carry on walking. Good morning, thanks, whatever, carry on. But she sort of waited till right at the last second when she was like, it was easier just to walk past. But instead she just sort of tutted and huffed and then walked around the car onto the road and back onto the pavement and, and away as if that's some sort of, make some sort of statement. I don't, I don't know. There was plenty of space, plenty of room. It was just a strange thing. And obviously I'm in the rush of the, of the morning school run. Um, I wasn't really in the mood for it. So uh, sort of muttering under my breath, uh, miserable fork. <laughs> Um, I don't think she heard it, but it wasn't necessarily as quiet as I thought it was going to be. Uh, but that sort of, as I was thinking about that the other day, it reminded me of a story from a few years ago. So in my previous job, I had to, I worked in like the next sort of town over and it was to get there. Usually the quickest way was through sort of country lanes and quite a tight and narrow um, a narrow part of these lanes that goes over a bit of a bridge that for years and years has always been sort of a, a narrow bridge that people have basically whoever can get there first gets across first type of thing but um, around that time a few years ago they changed it so they put some road markings in and they blocked off one half of it and so they made it just a single lane um, and the right away was to the other side as I was coming up but as you come up if you if you're looking at it obviously you can see that you're supposed to give way if there's anything coming but there was nothing coming and at the end of the road on their side there would be a, a like a mini roundabout and a, and a turning so you can't see anything coming anyway even if there's something right right about to come around the turning so I got there and I was already starting to I'd already passed the giveaway bit and there was nothing in front of me. So I was coming up and then a car came around the turning. I was already halfway across. 
So I couldn't go anywhere because they've blocked it off. It's all pavement and railings on one side. So you can't turn around. I have to just carry on. Just unfortunate that I got there first and I couldn't see around the bend that anyone else was coming. So this little old lady in a small, tiny car <laughs> comes around the bend. Tiny little old lady just behind the steering wheel. You could just sort of see her forehead and eyes over the steering wheel and grey hair. And I <laughs> felt bad because I was there, but there was nothing I could do. Like I say, so she's coming up to it and, and like she's, I'm getting towards the end of it to come back onto the right side of the road after the sort of single lane bit finishes. And she's coming towards me, like trying to make a point of, well, it's my right away. I'm not, I'm not stopping type of thing, but there was nowhere she could go anyway. Um, so eventually she had to stop. Otherwise she'd have just drove head into me. So <laughs> I put sort of, you know, as you drive past people when they let you through or whatever, you just give it a little, put your finger up or give it a little wave. But I made it into a sort of bigger gesture as a bit of a wave to say thank you. And by the way, I know I was in the wrong, but what can I do? So this little old lady who must have been, I don't know, 70s at the at least, maybe 80s. I was expecting her just to put her hand up and wave to say, oh yeah, all right. On we go. She stuck her middle finger up at me, right in the windscreen, right as close as she could get, really sort of angrily flicking her finger up at me as I'm coming past. And I was like, just in a bit of disbelief. But they're the uh, unexpected rudeness and stories that popped into my mind recently. Obviously, one more recent than the other. Um, oh, yeah. So I put a post out on social media a week or two ago, uh, looking for sort of people to get involved and, and send in any dad stories, parenting stories, any feedback or comments or just something you wanted to share um, that might possibly be used as part of one of these type of episodes. Or if it was a bigger talking point, I might include it in with a guest so that we could have a chat about things and sort of break it down a little bit maybe. Um, so I've got one little story that's come in. Um, and so this one came from Aaron of the Z1 podcast. So thanks to Aaron. Um, so he wanted to share a little story about his daughter. So he said that his eldest daughter, who would have been six at the time, was asking whether or not he'd been ever been stung by a bee. He told her yes, three times. Once when he was little, once when he was a teenager, and once when he was a grown-up. And his daughter asked by the same bee. And he says that ever since that, she thinks there is one very old but very determined bee waiting around every corner just so she just so it can get her dad and sting him again. And I replied to that and just said that was like sort of a hilariously cute story for, you know, a six year old to to think that was just one one bee out to get a dad just waiting <laughs> just lurking around every corner he can't go out the house because this one bee's just going to dive on him um so yeah thanks to Aaron for that little story to share and um if anybody else has got sort of any like I say dad stories parenting stories just something you want to say comments something you want to share with us feedback even talkingdaduk at gmail.com you can share with us there on social media, Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram at TalkingDadUK1. Over on YouTube, there's one or two little videos popping up on YouTube now that I've managed to get round to having a bit of time where I could edit videos as well as editing the audio for the podcast episodes. It is it is a juggle with um, sort of family life, really, <laughs> as most things are. So the YouTube, just search Talking Dad UK and you'll find a couple of videos on there. There's, um, at the moment, there's the album review as part of the last episode we did, the talking music with uh, my, my mate Aaron. Um, good episode, that, for the podcast. We were talking all about sort of his experiences of music through his dad, of punk, ska, two-tone music. Um, really good chat. And then at the end of that episode, we did a album first listen and review. So I gave Aaron Yellow Wolf Love Story album for his first listen. And then we had a little bit, a little chat about what he thought of it. So that's now as a video on YouTube, as a bit of a review, it's about 15 minutes long. Um, editing's, you know, not, not amazingly professional, but I'm doing my best and I was quite pleased with it, you know, for the time I've got, it was, it was pretty good. Check it out. And, um, the next part of that, part two is the album that Aaron gave to me, which is Streetlight Manifesto somewhere in the between. And that will be up and running as soon as I can get round to finishing it. Um, it shouldn't take me too long because I know exactly where it is now because I did the first part. Um, so that'll be my first listen and thoughts on that album and that band, actually, because I've not heard anything of them. Um, I'd heard of the name, but couldn't tell you anything about the music. And I think it was the same for Aaron about Yellow Wolf. So interesting. Possibly might team up for a part two of that. We'd have to think about things. We said we could do like a British band's version, but then again, our music tastes are very similar in terms of we grew up at the same time we listen to the majority of the same stuff unless there's some odd things that maybe his dad got him into and my dad got me into slightly different genres. So we, we might have something we could work on there. Or maybe even we just go for new music and we pick something new, listen to it and, and come back to you and sort of give you our thoughts on what where we got up to with that. We'll have a think and a play around with things. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the podcast... We can have a chat and work from there. Uh, if you're interested in being a guest or you know somebody who w- would like to be a guest or you think could be interested, contact over the email, email addresses before or on one of the social media platforms. You could direct message and we can go from there. Always looking for guests, always looking for stories and people to connect with and things that we can share and, and chat about. The Kofi page still up and running. One-off single donations to support the podcast, you know, as cheap as two quid. I would say buy me a pint, but I, I went to a, a countryside pub I drove past on the way home from work one night, not too long ago, and two pound wouldn't have got you a pint in there. It was a fiver. Five pound thirty-five it was for a pint. Ridiculous. We live in Cheshire, not London, so just to <laughs> give you an idea. Countryside pub that isn't exactly packed every week. Or every night. So, uh, yeah, extortionate price of beer. Good job I'm trying to cut down this week, eh? Tell the wife. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just a brief little check-in from me. One of the solo episodes again. Give you a little bit of an idea of where we're at and what we've been doing recently. 
If you're interested in being a guest, you want to share something, you want to give us some feedback, email address, social medias. So thanks for listening to this episode and listening to me have a little moan. It's always good to get things off your chest, isn't it? Um, And I will speak to you on the next one. Thank you.